thank you, Dave, for your prayer and for helping lead worship this morning. Oops. Our scripture for today's sermon comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture for this morning begins with the disciples hiding in a locked room together. Tragedy has struck and they are scared for their lives. Jesus has been crucified and they don't know what might happen to them next, being his followers. It's possible they've been hiding here since Friday night when Jesus was arrested and they all ran away. I imagine that they are feeling numb, simply unable to process all the pain from what they're going through over the past week or so. They're numb from the grief of losing Jesus, numb from guilt of not having done more to help him, numb except for the fear, the fear that the world is an awful place with death and violence around every every turn. And suddenly, Jesus is standing with them. No knock. No one went to unlock the door for him. He just appears. Despite all of their fear and grief and confusion, Jesus is back. Jesus is alive. Despite all their betrayal and denial and desertion, Jesus tells them, peace be with you. He doesn't rebuke them for forgetting he said he would rise again. He greets them. He gives instructions to forgive sins and help others to believe in him. 
He trusts the disciples to go out and spread the good news. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He shows them his hands and his side, proving it's really him, their crucified friend and teacher. Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit on them and disappears. Now the disciples are probably less afraid, but still very much freaked out. Thomas, another disciple, wasn't with them, so they can't wait to tell him they have seen the risen Jesus. It happened just like he said, Jesus is alive. But Thomas says that he isn't so sure. He wants to see for himself. A week later, everyone is gathered in the locked room again, and this time Thomas is there too. I wonder what kind of regrets were running through Thomas's mind all of that week. I bet the other disciples had been reliving the moment nonstop, excitedly talking over one another, interrupting and trying to get every detail just right. Can you picture it? After every morning prayer and every evening meal, Jesus' other disciples told Thomas and each other what they saw and heard. I mean, if you were a disciple who had seen the risen Jesus, what would you be most excited to tell Thomas about? I imagine one of them blurting out, Jesus was standing right there. Maybe another one talked about how we got to touch his skin. And I bet another one said, he said he is sending us to continue his ministry. And they talked about what that might look like. But for Thomas, hearing the story over and over again wasn't enough. Nothing would compare to seeing and touching and talking to Jesus himself. Anyone who has lost someone will tell you they would give anything to have one more day or one more moment with the loved one who died. Maybe some of you all have felt that way about someone you've lost. So while the other disciples are overjoyed, Thomas probably sat back, listening, wondering, well, did Jesus look the same as always? How long was he here? Did he ask about me? I bet Thomas was asking himself, what if that was the only chance I had to see him again? And I missed it. Earlier in John, Jesus told his disciples they knew the way to where he was going. And Thomas said, Jesus, we have no idea where you're going. How will we know the way? He wants to know the truth so he can be the best follower he can be. I wonder if in this week after Jesus appeared to everyone else, Thomas also asked himself, how am I going to help spread his mission without him here to lead me? How will I know what to do? All these questions are in Thomas's mind, swirling around, and his friends are asking him, him, are asking him if he believes that they saw Jesus. More than he doubted Jesus, maybe Thomas doubted himself. Maybe he doubted the possibility that he still had a role to play in Christ's resurrection future. 
Maybe he questioned if he had a tomorrow beyond today's loss and failure and grief. So he told the others, you guys are crazy. We know Jesus was killed. The only time we've seen people raised from the dead was when he did it. And he's dead, so who's going to do it? I just cannot believe this happened until I see him myself. When Jesus appears to them again in that same locked room, he looks right at Thomas. He knows the doubts and fears and pain Thomas has been holding on to all week long. He knows Thomas needs to see him to touch his hands and his side, just like the other disciples had their chance to. So he looks right at Thomas and he says, go ahead. It's okay, I'm not mad at you. I want you to understand and believe that what they've been saying is true. Reach out your hand. Touch the holes in my hands and in my side. Reach out and touch the one who is telling you he is working for your good and believe him. David Guzik said, often God does not condemn our doubts. And he also often reveals and does remarkable things to speak to our unbelief. But doubt and unbelief are not desired conditions for the disciple of Jesus. If they are checkpoints along a path leading to faith, they should be dealt with with a generous love. But doubt and unbelief should never be thought of as destinations for the disciple. I think this applies to our belief in God and our belief in ourselves. Jesus commanded his disciples to share the gospel. Doubting our ability to do that can be a point in our faith journey, but it's not a destination. Thomas did not let his doubts stop him from spreading the gospel. After this scene with Jesus is all said and done, the disciples spread the good news far and wide. Thomas is said to have been living and preaching in India when he was martyred for his faith. He did not stay in that locked room forever, letting his doubts keep him numb and hold him back. He did what Jesus asked all the disciples to do, what Jesus continues to ask us to do. Do not doubt, but believe. Believe in yourself. Believe in the God who helps us, the God who calms our fears and shows us his hands and breathes new life into scared souls. Jesus makes gardens out of graveyards. He walks right through the walls we put up. He keeps handing us beauty even after all feels lost. Jesus takes a deep breath and breathes new life out onto us, giving us energy and courage to spread the good news, no matter what doubts or fears we bring along with us. Our doubts are not what matter. What matters is the truth that Jesus tells us. I am with you. Do not be afraid. I bring peace. The next time you feel overwhelmed by your own grief or doubt, reach out and touch the hand of the one who reaches to you telling you he is working for your good and believe him.
Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for your son, for the way he reassures us when we doubt. We pray that you would continue to call us, equip us, and strengthen us for this work that you have for us. And may we not doubt in you or in ourselves or in the possibility of hope and life for our broken world. May we believe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.